Julian Charles here of themindrenewed.com, coming to you as usual from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK. And welcome once again to TMR's regular New Year's Eve show, which uh, we've enjoyed sharing with listeners for seven years now, out of the nine years of TMR's life so far. So for those of you who don't know, each year we're joined by members of the Nephilim Boys Secret Society, now has been renamed to the Nephilim Persons Secret Society for obvious reasons, which is uh, composed of high-level initiates from affiliated shows such as Like Flint Radio in the Southern Hemisphere, Fringe Radio Network in the US and Revelations Radio Network also based in the US and indeed other talented and illuminated persons from around the globe and each year we also announce a Kickstarter for a campaign for Frank Johnson's latest scientific endeavour which we shall come on to in due course and we shall also share some news items from the year, just some things that made us chuckle or otherwise bemused used during 2021 and we're not going to have any really serious items for this show there's a lot to be concerned about out there in the world as we know but we're just going to take a few minutes now well maybe an hour or so to let our hair down because it's a good idea to do that sometimes because laughter is cathartic in this rather dark world um so for which all of that we are joined by certainly scientific expert or maybe scientific expert frank johnson from the US, the ace film critic here at TMR. Of all people, we are joined, I'm very glad to say, by Boris Johnson, the so-called Prime Minister of the UK. Uh, We're also joined by GK from Down Under, host of Like Flint Radio, Cruzy from South Africa, also of Like Flint Radio, Johnny Iron from the US, the irrepressible host of The Iron Show and Iron Show Live, and Jennifer Tyson, our resident Texan classical singer. We were going to be joined by Mark Campbell and Jeff Bankins, but unfortunately can't join us today. They would love to have joined us, but for one reason or other, they can't make it. So, who is here at this late hour on New Year's Eve? Uh, Welcome to you, whoever you are, whoever is here. And welcome. Hello. Greetings. Good day. <laughs> that sounds like the full crew, I think. Even Cruzy's here. Even if there was no party. <laughs> oh, good. We've even been joined by Boris. That's wonderful. Good to join us there, Boris. <laughs> What's that, Boris? Pleasure to meet you, sir. Who invited you? I invited him. I want you to leave. I invited him. He's our prime minister, Johnny. He's our prime minister. He's the British Boris. Not he's not I, the Boris. I Boris. don't like your hair. <laughs> Do you think he might mind if I ask how Peppa Pig was? <laughs> there was no party. GK, how are things over there in Tasmania? You moved from the Aussie mainland, didn't you, a while back? How are things going? Uh, very good. Uh, loving the weather, loving the people, great place to be, mm-hmm. and um, some very, very important climate change discussion to be had later, Julian. Um, yes, and very post-apocalyptic, so get your gas masks ready for this one. Oh, wow. Have you been attacked by any Tasmanian devils? Uh, not yet, but my wife was attacked by an echidna just last week. Oh. That's not Have a joke, seen, by the way. Ever seen a Tasmanian <laughs> devil? Yes. Yes. Really? In the wild or in a petting not the zoo? Wild, not the wild, but I have seen quolls in the wild. And quolls are, um, I think there might even be more scarce than Tassie devils, but I've seen a couple of quolls, which has been quite good. Good fun. That would be cool. Mm. Do you have steak and echidna pie over there? 
No, but no, but I'm going to recommend it. <laughs> I'm going to find out. <laughs> You're making me hungry. Oh, how are things COVID-wise over there? I mean, I keep getting reports of how crazy Australia seems to have gone. Well, What's your experience of that? Well, here in Tasmania, we've been very protected because it is an island, a little island off a big island. But it's been difficult, well, somewhat difficult to get here, even from the mainland. There is all rules and regulations to get here, but mm. we opened our borders on the 15th and within three days we've had, th- so there were zero cases, but within three days of opening the borders, three cases have arrived. Mm. So we've been told to expect they're going to increase. It's inevitable, isn't it? What's going to increase, the lockdowns mm. and the evil or the virus? <laughs> yeah, well, the big. thing is, from the world's point of view, I've heard this a lot that people think that we're, we're all completely locked down here, but it's mainly New South Wales and Victoria, a couple of those mainland states. Right. But other states like mm. Tasmania and uh, Western Australia, where we have been free to do whatever we wanted until now. So things are changing now that they've opened Open the doors, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. Were you being affected by the hardcore stuff? Um, you mean politically, Johnny? Yeah, you know, uh, like lockdowns and all these weird rules and mandates. and. Yeah, well, I know that a lot of people on the mainland are very, very annoyed with all of that. And you, so you've probably seen, well, if you have a look, you can find it. But you have to dig uh, because a lot of mainstream media won't put a lot of this out there. But there has been a lot of protests on the mainland but it's very very quiet here in tasmania because as i said we've been free up until now i keep saying up until now because there are some new rules coming already so uh yeah it's been quite good julian to be honest but not on the mainland they've Mm. they've had a really tough time it's you know you've got to feel for them especially new south wales and victoria absolutely just a a point of order i don't think the word mandate is very gender inclusive I think we should stick to person date. We do not want to offend anybody, so person date, please. Thank you very much for your word of wisdom there, Cruzy. That's a very important point. Well, how are things over there in uh, South Africa? Um, you lot invented the Omicron variant, didn't you? So I, I must congratulate you for that. We haven't invented anything for a long time, so Chinese invented it, but we perfected it. That's all I'm saying. Pinky and the brain has no touch on us. <laughs> Were you personally involved in the gain-of-function work to get this particular variant out? Uh, No, but my boss told me to do more work at one stage, so he wanted me to gain some functions, but I think I I misunderstood that. And um, I'm just saying we did this all upside down as well. Of course, yeah. So sorry for bragging a bit, but we're on the other side of the flat earth, remember? That's right, yeah. (laughs) That would make it very You're upsetting. right by the ice wall, right? <laughs> yeah, I can see Chico from here, but you guys, not so much. Do you have to work mm. in mag- magnetic boots or? Yeah, how do you what? keep yourself? Lot, lots of rope. <laughs> lots of rope. <laughs> Is it almost like aerial yoga or something? No, we all actually born double jointed. Um, <laughs> I can't get into the specifics because it's um, a bit delicate, but we're all born <laughs> like that. Um, is it sort of a genetic secret among yes yes yeah. apart from the sixth finger the sixth finger it doesn't bother us at all but you know <laughs> well i think if you had six fingers typing and piano would just go much better yeah but try playing your guitar oh, that okay. sixth finger can play bass at the same time uh-huh. that proves your nephilim <laughs> yeah the six fingers yeah do you have double sets of teeth crazy yeah, yeah it it helps when you're eating corner just so <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, we've heard from you, but uh, haven't heard anything about uh, your new situation because you've moved house, haven't you, fairly recently? How's that going? 
Yes, dear Julian. <laughs> I'm now living in the senior park. Wow. That's politically incorrect. It's the age-restricted community. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us the backstory to that? Because you were living in a trailer park. Yes, me and my dear wife have found a manufactured home in the senior park. It's 1,200 square feet. It's a it's a house. And um, mm. a week after we moved in, my brother called me and said I had made the list. I am now a um, full-blown registered Portland longshoreman, uh-huh. heavy hitter. So I've gone through a lot of heavy life changes. Excellent. It's just been great. i just become a dangerous person and... Uh, I live in the house with my dear wife again. So nice. Congratulations. And even better, you have a brand new studio. You showed me a picture of it. Yes. I call it my mini studio. It's in my bedroom. Yeah. But it has all the gain of function that my old studio has. Black. Oh, it's great, it's great to have you on. Um, Jennifer, how, how's, last time you were with us, you had COVID, didn't you? Um, did you get it again? Because I am told that you can get it again. I'm not, I'm not sure about that personally, but um, that's what I'm told. Did you get it again? No, I actually had gain of function in several areas of my life during this year. <laughs> One of being right. my immune system has been doing really well. Mm. Yeah, I've had several people in my family get it my immediate family, children, and I have not gotten it more than that first time. So that's been awesome. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's great to be speaking to you this year while you're in good health. That's Thank wonderful. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we've been able to start doing some actual live concerts again. Mm. And so that's been another gain of function in my life. And uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So you've actually yeah. been singing in front of real people again. Is that right? Real people. Well, real pe- I had wow. one concert was real people. And then I had another concert that was some real people, <laughs> but more spaced out. Uh-huh. And then I had another concert that was, I mean, I think technically they were real people, but I couldn't see most of their faces. They were all masked. <laughs> Jennifer, with the people spaced out, what was going on there? You said the people were all spaced out. <laughs> yeah, what was in the, what did they give them in their champagne? What was going on there? <laughs> uh, I thought maybe they couldn't breathe because the masks were on or something and they were getting lightheaded. No, no there were less people in the audience and they were more, I should say, spread apart from each other <laughs> in the, in the, so yes yeah. were you nervous <laughs> what was that were you nervous oh. <laughs> only only if you had been there well it's certainly good to hear that uh, real live music is taking place again what a relief frank i'm glad you could join us you're going to be discussing with us about your new kickstarter this year aren't you Yes, it's uh, very, very exciting. Um, mm. We think there might be some new variants coming along mm. on the way, and we want to we want to get a jump on it. So I'm looking for some uh, funding to explore some nightclubs and schools and things like that to see if they're breaking out there. You know, mm. excellent. So let me just say to everybody that we're going to putting up the button on the website again. So there'll be a picture of a virus on the website, and if anybody would like to contribute to oh. this year's kickstarter for frank to do his research to try to find these uh, new variants that will be fantastic don't forget the opportunity closes at midnight so do get in there you want us to contact the virus in order <laughs> to contribute well it is a smart virus uh, this new variant that i'm anticipating is a smart virus um i'll get into it more but like it knows like if you're sitting down at a table mm-hmm. or if you're standing up so if you're sitting down and you don't have a mask on it knows not to try to infect you that's what we're mm-hmm. worried about it's very wily so 
it's uh, we want to get a jump on it. <laughs> Absolutely. I say follow the science. I think you're doing great. And the science also. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Frank, is it right that you're looking ultimately for the Omega variant? So if you find that, that will actually end the pandemic, won't it? I think so. That's the other reason why we're super excited to be uh, fundraising for this, because if we find it and get it to burn its way through everyone yes. and roll out that vaccine and 17 boosters for it, um, yes. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the thing and be done, yeah. you know, and then we can go back to the old normal. We want to make that the new normal. So, yes. Wonderful. But is it the Omega or is it the Omega? Ooh. Well, we're not sure yet. Um, we're, we're theorizing in the lab. Uh, the lab boys referring to it as Omega variant and the Omega variant or the Omega variant. There's some dispute in the lab about that. So um, that's one of the things our hopefully our funding can, uh, can help alleviate that uh, discrepancy. Yes. I hope you're being extremely careful in your lab. And there's no possibility of anything leaking out, is there? Oh, of course not. No, we we have um, no, top no. science and safety protocols there. Um, only one hmm. lab assistant was turned into a zombie ever. <laughs> right. And uh, he was dealt with pretty quickly. So mm, mm. That's good. Uh, yeah. Dealt with? Well, I mean, we don't want to get into that. It's kind of classified. So <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned conflict, though. Are any of them like fighting over like them stealing each other's food they left in the fridge? Uh, well, not that sort of thing. You know, you know, you have one scientist, he wants to be the next Dr. Fauci. So he's like, no, it's the Omega variant. And then another scientist, he's like, no, I'm bigger guy here. It's going to be the Omega variant. So there's the normal so, science. Um, right. The other one wants to be the Francis Collins. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. Mm. Just, you know, <laughs> ego, ego stroking, you know, the typical thing. So, yeah. You have to stroke ego. It's important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I have to ask you, every year, Frank, are the Nazis, the Nephilim, and the North Pole involved in this scientific endeavor? They are, actually, because one of the things I was raising funds for was to have a follow-up expedition after the Omega variant has been uh, identified and trace that back to the Nazi lab uh-huh. in the North Pole, So, uh, yes. um, and possibly even all the way into the hollow earth or the jelly filled earth whichever <laughs> yes. that may be there's still some Wonderful. debate about that too yeah. mm. well i'm glad to hear it because uh, frank that, that will encourage people to support frank are you are you guys researching our covert travels because that i'm convinced would... it uses a batmobile no pun intended. <laughs> yeah that is one of the things we're going to be looking into yeah the bat plane is also another possibility a, a, yeah. a chinese batmobile okay yeah <laughs> Um, I just wanted to add as well that, that the age-old question has been answered. Why did the chicken cross the road? It was because it was socially distancing. Um, so, so no need to go there anymore. Uh, it's my contribution to science. There was no party. There was no party. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so to news items now. I hope that everybody has... At least one news item from the year that tickled their fancy or bemused them or whatever. So who would like to go first? I've actually got, well, I've got possibly four here. This year was particularly crazy, I thought. Um, Anyway, would anybody like to go first with a choice item from the news? Can I do my Tasmanian one, Jules? Please do, GK. That's wonderful. Okay. I think you might know this, Julian, but Earth is getting a black box recorder because um, the apocalypse is coming. Hang on. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. The pocky, the pocky clips. <laughs> the apocalypse is coming. Try it in time. English. 
No problem. <laughs> and uh, but the, the apocalypse is coming. Um, it's going to be brought on by climate change, and the scientists know that. So they're going to be setting up this black box recorder in re- a remote part of Western Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And the language they use in this article, which I'll give to you and you can um, put in the show notes, Julian, they are using language like um, Mad Max and Drums. things like that. Let me read just a little bit of it for you and you get a taste of this. Um, on a granite-strewn plain surrounded by gnarled mountains sits a giant steel box incongruous in the landscape much like kubrick's black monolith of 2001 a space odyssey fame its alien presence suggests it was put there with intent and if those that discover it can decipher the messages it contains they could get a glimpse of what caused the fall of civilization that was there before this is earth's black box so this is for real like this is real science Um, Mm. it's going to be 10 metre by 4 metre by 3 metre steel monolith that's going to be in the middle of nowhere, and it's going to record... Um, it's going to record issues to do with climate, but it's not just about that. By the way, it's seven and a half centimetre thick steel so that you can't break into it. Um, And they're saying that in the future, after the apocalypse, it's going to take an intelligent life form to be able to open it up and read the data that's within So broadly speaking, this is the part I wanted to talk about because this is very interesting. Broadly speaking, it will be collecting two types of data. It will collect measurements of land and sea temperatures, ocean acidification, atmospheric CO2, species extinction, land use changes, as well as things like human population, military spending and energy consumption. Hmm. And it will collect contextual data such as newspaper headlines. This is the point. This is a good point, this one. Social media posts and news from key... Right. With social media, as we know, there can be a lot of chaos and madness out there. Anybody can write anything. So this thing is going to be collecting those sort of that sort of data. <laughs> and in the future, when intelligent life forms find it, what are they going to find when they start reading some of, you know, present age social media posts? <laughs> <laughs> Presumably they could be listening to this. Well, <laughs> that would be seriously confusing. I think yes. you're safe. I don't think they're going to find intelligent life forms in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, Chick. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the reason the reason they're putting it here is because we're um, they say that we're geopolitically a safe environment for this thing to go up. You know, we're all pretty calm and collected here. So, uh, especially with all those lockdowns, everybody's getting really calm and. Yeah, I have yeah. a, I have a I question. Uh, so my question is: is so once you know everything goes all Mad Max, uh, how is the humongous going to get in there and interpret all these results? I mean, the drill. Well, I suppose uh, is the humongous going to be able to to read that though? And you know, are the guys in Thunderdome really going to care? <laughs> well, their line says. So let's say we go the full Mad Max. Climate change causes crops to fail year on year. Ocean food webs collapse. It becomes impossible to feed 8, 9 or 10 billion people. Hundreds of millions of people are displaced by rising seas. Economies shrink and society as we know it goes over the falls. Those who have discovered the black box, and by then they're saying it's going to be covered in rust, its solar panels long since dead have got no frame of reference for what they find inside or how to decipher it. So now what? This is something they're working on, because this thing doesn't exist yet. It's coming, right? They're still going Mm -hmm. through um, approvals to get it put out there. Um, 
But they said, this is what they say, it can be assumed that it will not be of any use unless it is discovered by someone or something with the capability of understanding and interpreting basic symbolism. Mm. Um, you're going to have to have some sort of intelligent life form to get in through that steel casing. So there mm. it is. Um, Post-apocalypse, there's going to be a big black box in Western Tasmania, and they say that you will be able to go and visit. It's going to be like a bit of a tourist attraction, I suppose. But I guess they're supposed, hoping that alien life form will probably find it after the world collapses from climate change. Okay, here on the West Coast, we have a problem with uh, methamphetamine tweaker addicts uh, taking in recycled metal. They're like stealing <laughs> money to go buy more meth. And I think yeah. that post-apocalyptic meth addicts will definitely be grabbing that thing before any intelligent life gets their hands on it. So. There you go. There you go. You know what that reminds me of, though, is um, almost like a Tower of Babel sort of thing. It's like, oh, we want to make a name for ourselves, you know, like a remembrance of ourselves, you know? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It is. It is totally yeah. that. GK, the thing that confuses me about this story is the word collect. Well, how is a box in the middle of a desert just going to collect all this information? Well, it's going to be full of computers and hard drives, and it'll be scanning the internet as we know it, but not just the internet, but scanning hmm. everything that mentions climate change or or things like that. Because what they're saying is there's a possibility of holding those responsible in the future for destroying the planet. So they want to keep an eye on politicians and, and those who have control over things like this. So that way in the future, you'll know who to blame when there's no one left alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Well, thank you for that one. Does Uncle Boris have anything to say about this? Yeah, what's Boris saying? There was no party. There was no party. Yes, there we are. Thank you very much, Boris. There was a party. Um, <laughs> That's hmm? why the world ended. Because I was also furious to see that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting furious oh, myself. And I apologize for the impression that it gives. <laughs> He's sorry. You should be sorry. Mm. Apology accepted. <laughs> I don't accept his apology until he no. changes his hairdo. <laughs> okay. Um, any other stories, anybody? I got one. Frank, excellent. It dovetails into the climate change thing. So um, someone sent me in Telegram the other day. Um, I guess it's a Bloomberg tweet or something from Twitter. And one of the solutions they're proposing, and this is a real solution, I guess, unless I've been fooled. One of the solutions for climate change is to use large parachutes on cargo ships so they can cross the ocean while reducing carbon emissions. And then people have been blasting them on the social media saying, yeah, they already exist. It's called sailboats. Uh, <laughs> and and some, someone commented on there, they're like, this looks like something I drew when I was five. So they're, Bloomberg is getting blasted on, on Twitter about this, but um, it seems to be their real solution. That reminds me of a. I saw a picture of a AOC with a power strip plugged into itself. I've, I've discovered energy. <laughs> Frank, that sounds like a research grant there. It sure does, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Maybe I'm doing the wrong kind of Kickstarters here, I guess. Huh? I, need, I need to come up with something at the Babylon B headline. Yes, and then exactly. Just be honest. Just tell them that you need money for meth. <laughs> <laughs> Why lie about it? 
And I think, just a minute, everybody, I can hear Jeff coming in, Jeff Bankens, strongman extraordinaire, strongman for Christ. And he's, he can't join us in person this year, but he is able to be with us via shortwave radio. If I can just tune him in here. Jeff, is that you, Jeff? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody, from Jeff T-Rex Bankins, the Louisiana Strongman. If this show isn't entertainment enough, just listening to our wonderful health spokesman, Anthony Fauci, because as you know, whatever he says today will not be true tomorrow or the next. And on that note, Happy New Year. Yeah, good day, yeah. mate. Well, I've got uh, well, I've got lots of stories here, but I've got a few short ones. I've got a long one, but I'll leave, I'll leave that for a minute. But here are some of my short ones, um, which caught my attention. So this is back in November. This is BBC Channel Tunnel. Cocaine haul found in shipment of onion rings. <laughs> um, yeah, on the France side, uh, the authorities found. Cocaine with a street value of thirty-three million pounds discovered in a lorry load of frozen onion rings bound for the UK. So that tickled my fancy. That one, and also this one was a little earlier in the year. This is back in July. A story in the Telegraph. It was also picked up by the Mirror. UK ministers fear coronavirus could be spread by flatulence in a confined <laughs> space. <laughs> in a confined yeah, that sounds, space. That sounds plausible. That's serious, isn't it? <laughs> from cows, right? No, from people. Oh, I, I thought maybe if it, it was closer to bovine excrement, maybe that might explain it. Well, I remember in 2020, way back in 2020, they were talking about the anal swab test, which would be much more accurate than the nasal. You know what? Ah, well, yeah. The funny thing about that is um, I was talking to one of my neighbors last year, and he said he'd, he'd had every COVID test there was, and I was going to joke with him. I'm like, well, at least they don't have an anal swab on. <laughs> Jokingly yes. going to say that, and then I bit my tongue and be like, "Nah, this guy won't think that's funny." And then, no joke, a week later, I heard that there was a, a test for that. I'm like, yeah. "No way!" It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I so, yeah. All the aliens, yeah, all the aliens that do the the anal probing is probably going, "Oh, you amateurs." That's the alien. Well, I'm not saying there's no scientific basis to this. I just thought it was a weird story, especially some of the ways it's actually written up here. So we've got to hear some lines here from, this is from the mirror, actually. So one minister who wasn't named told the Telegraph that they had read, quote, some credible looking stuff <laughs> on this story. <laughs> What a way to put it. Oh, yeah, we, we found some credible looking stuff on this. That's research. Um, <laughs> and, um, the science is settled on this one. <laughs> um, and I don't know whether they're tongue in cheek, but the mirror also added UK government scientists have not produced a paper on this topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and there's a rather ambiguous line here as well. A quote, a spokesman for Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he, because I don't know what that means, Boris Johnson or the spokesman, I'll start again. A spokesman for Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he was not aware of claims the virus could be spread through flatulence. <laughs> and I just, I, thought, I was just thinking to myself, you know, is there a question like, Prime Minister, are you aware that uh, this could be spread through flatulence, you know. I'm not sure. Anyway. I love that ambiguity. Mm. That ambiguity of who it is that does or does not know. Yes, where is the antecedent? What is it? Yes. Um, my last little story here, a silly story. This is from the 2nd of October in the BBC. Kilogram of nails, screws and knives removed from man's stomach. 
Oh. A Lithuanian man mm. has had more than a kilogram of nails, screws, nuts and knives removed from his stomach by doctors, local media report. Uh, it says that he's been swallowing metal objects for a month after quitting alcohol, doctors said. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it sounds like he's got a screw loose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your two stories blend well together. Um, yes. The, the guy with the with the nuts in his stomach and the flatulence story. Because if he <laughs> actually has a problem, he could make a bolt for the door. <laughs> <laughs> well done, oh. Cruzy. Excellent. Champion, Cruzy. <laughs> How clever! That's oh. clever and privileged. That's my Cruzy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jennifer. You got a story for us. Well, this sort of works a little bit with the flatulence bit and also with um, environmental issues. Mm. I saw this article dated October 11th, and this was USA Today. And it says that Prince Charles says his Aston Martin runs on fuel made from wine and cheese. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apparently the Aston Martin gifted to him by Queen Elizabeth II on his 21st birthday, so he's had it a good while now, uses a combination of English yeah. white wine and whey from cheese. So the car underwent a conversion in 2008 to change its fuel source to bioethanol made from wine and cheese. Um, the prince asked Aston Martin himself to make the change, but the request was initially met with some skepticism, he said. The engineers at Aston, I don't know how, how does Prince Charles speak? I don't think I've ever, I don't think. You were doing well there, actually. Keep going with that, yes. The engineers at Aston said, oh, it'll ruin the whole thing, Charles told the Telegraph in 2018. I said, well, (laughs) I won't drive it then. So they got on with it, and now they admit that it runs better and is more powerful on that fuel than it is on petrol. Mm. And so, and also, it smells delicious as you're driving along. Could run his Aston Martin on flatulence. (laughs) Well, the Americans call petrol gas in any case, so you might as well. (laughs) It's a liquid, but they call it gas. But you know what? Honestly, that whole issue of calling it gas is very confusing to children. I I have dreaded trying to explain that to my children every single time they get old enough to start going, why do we call it gas? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yes, that's an oddity, isn't it, there? The way this ends is Charles said that leaders should take note of the despair of many young people that they feel about their futures, adding that he understood the frustration of climate campaign groups um, who have been staging protests and blocking roads. The difficulty is, how do you direct that frustration in a way that is more constructive rather than destructive, he said. I think. <laughs> so I think, you I th- know, eat more wine and cheese and make your cars run off of wine and cheese. I think what you do is you make sure there's more corporate funding for AstroTurf projects. That's what you do. Protesters, they got there by car or bus or something that burns fuel. So they should maybe stay home might be more constructive. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Well, why, did, why can't politicians just get back to basics and actually take commercial airlines like the rest of us instead of private jets? Private jets run on cheese and wine and have lower carbon emissions. <laughs> do they use parachutes as well? Yes, they do, actually. How'd you know? <laughs> that was just guesswork. Oh. <laughs> they don't fight for the last one, I I would hope. I would give Cruzy my parachute, though. I just want to make a note of that. Oh, that's very that's sweet. Very sweet. That's so sweet. 
But <laughs> would you give him the parachute if the plane was about to crash, though? Well, yes, of course. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yes. right. <laughs> okay. Yes, Cruzy would float down gently while I would be the one with the armrest stuck through my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. I hope you appreciate that, Cruzy. You know, with my luck, I'll get the parachute and I'll have to read the instructions, and it will be in Chinese or Japanese or something. <laughs> and you'll have an armrest in your neck, and it'll be all for naught. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'll take dear. my chances to fly the airplane. Thank you. It's cli- climate change. <laughs> oh, God. What what isn't? We went through this summer. We went through. I don't know about Jennifer, but we went through in, in Oregon, in Portland. We broke the temperature records this summer three times, three days in a row. Mm-hmm. We thought it couldn't get any hotter, and then the next day it was like yeah, three degrees, four degrees hotter, and then the next day it was like five degrees hotter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had temperatures here of one sixteen, which I have never experienced in my life. I. It felt like I was being like cooked in an oven like a chicken. I was identifying with dinner. <laughs> he was a hot chalk. Lucky <laughs> fry, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> and I apologize for the impression that it gives. It's 116, Julian. Yeah. I beg your pardon? Have you ever experienced 116 degrees? He doesn't experience that because he's on Celsius. We, we have to translate that world. first, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's difficult for me to know what that is in real, real money, I'm afraid. Fahrenheit. <laughs> no, I, we have monopoly temperature over here. <laughs> it sounds horrendous, whatever it is. Over 100 sounds awful. Yeah. It's 46 degrees Celsius. Oh, heavens. It's almost <laughs> boiling. Johnny, <laughs> was it was it uh was it really humid too? Since Portland usually has a lot of humidity and cold, right? Yeah, that's the problem with it. They were telling me as I was almost dying that is kind of fairly free for Arizona, where it's completely dry desert. Yes. But yeah, in Oregon, it was it was horrible. I thought I was gonna die. Gosh. Yeah. Johnny told me earlier it was so hot that the fire hydrants were running off to the dogs. <laughs> They're calling the dogs to come cool them down. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Johnny. Yes. Do you, do you have a news story for us? Yes. Remember um Austin Powers, the first movie? Mm. When his boy Scott, they were in therapy and Scott was saying that he wanted a different path in his life and he said, I was thinking of maybe having a petting zoo. And Dr. Evil goes, couldn't it be an evil petting zoo? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a story about an evil therapy petting zoo where they have kind of bigger animals and they bring in people who've suffered trauma and have a severe like psychological mental issues and things, mental patients and stuff. Mm. They bring them into the, it's called a therapy petting zoo. And they bring them in there for therapy. Petting uh, something like a sheep is um, therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's suffered trauma, right? But um, not for this 72-year-old woman who Hmm. was petting one of the rams, which is a male sheep, for those who don't know anything (laughs) about the farm. And it um, rammed her to death. Uh, Oh, no. That's awful. Yes. The uh, Kim Taylor was her name. And uh, 
Yes, the, it mm. rammed her several times, and she was taken to the hospital with severe injuries and died of a cardiac arrest. Ugh, crumbs. Yes, so sad. I mean, but it says the um, the petting zoo. They're refusing to release the details. Mm, they won't release the details. They obviously took the cue from your FDA, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no wonder they probably will probably never know the truth. I had a donut once at the zoo. It was bred in captivity. Uh, that's a story, and I can oh, see why dear. I got Johnny's goat. <laughs> that was especially for Johnny. I just found it so ironic. I mean, you're not supposed to laugh at tragedy like that, but no, and it's so ironic that there's this therapy zoo for people suffering trauma, and yeah. it like traumatized someone to death. Yeah, it's Frank. The really weird thing, Frank, is that you constantly sent me a gif little movie of a ram butting somebody into a river and so that's very strange yeah uh, that is true i, I there's a, a a gif on telegram where um it's this guy fishing in a river and then this goat like revs up and just hits the guy right in the rear end and, and sends him flying into the river that's a pretty funny uh, goat attack mm. uh, the kim taylor one is not no no this is very sad but it's a very ironic story isn't it um Okay, I've got my last one here that I want to share, which is a little bit longer, but I can't miss this one because it is so bizarre. So this is a, a story from The Daily Skeptic back in October. Um, so this is a, a UK website that's taking a sceptical eye of a lot of things going on at the moment. Um, it's I, I recommend it to people to look at it. So it's a great website. Um, a lot of good things on there. So back in the 3rd of October, the writer Mike Hearn uh, wrote... Um, this is the headline. 436 randomly generated peer-reviewed papers published by Springer Nature. And um, he talks about there's a problem with scientific journals publishing apparently computer-generated, in inverted commas, research papers that turn out to be absolute nonsense. So this is what he writes about this. The publisher Springer Nature has released an expression of concern for more than 400 papers they published in the Arabian Journal of Geosciences. All these papers supposedly pass through peer review and editorial control, yet no expertise in geoscience is required to notice the problems. And he gives some examples here. And um, one of the uh, papers that he links to is one called... Um, so this is now retracted. For the first time I saw this, it wasn't retracted. So it's now retracted article. Distribution of earthquake activity in mountain area based on embedded system and physical fitness detection of basketball. And that's the uh, Arabian <laughs> Journal of Geosciences. And let me read from the abstract. It is absolutely wonderful. So it says, number 14, article number 1849, published 2021. And I quote here, with the development of embedded system technology in recent years, it has become increasingly mature. The training model is to train the voice in the embedded system and match the voice to be tested with the pattern. So as to complete the speech recognition of non-specific people to generate the training model. 
Therefore, in this paper, the embedded system is used to record the 2018 to 2020 mountain seismic data of the reservoir at a specific location downstream. For these earthquakes, the displacement activity and source parameters are studied so as to analyze the general characteristics of the distribution of seismic activity in the mountain area and summarize the double location. At the present stage of Chinese basketball, college basketball is one of the important foundations of its development. Basketball is not only one of the most popular and popular sports. Yeah, I'll say that again. Basketball is not only one of the most popular and popular sports in the world, but also one of the most popular sports in China. Since it was introduced into China, it has been highly concerned by the masses and the whole country. Improving the level of college basketball plays an important role in promoting the level of Chinese basketball. Taking a college basketball team as an example, this paper ex expounds the importance of special basketball training and the role of basketball detection system and provides effective tips for special physical training. Server data, transmission technology and database technology design and implement the team sport fitness Physical fitness detection and evaluation system greatly improved the security of basketball and training. In this paper, the embedded system technology is used to <laughs> in this paper, the embedded system technology is used to study the distribution of earthquake activity, basketball training, and physical fitness detection. In this paper, the distribution of <laughs> of seismic activity in the mountainous areas and basketball physical fitness detection are studied and applied in practice in order to promote its development and application. End quote. <laughs> wow. That's so confusing. That's like a Joe Biden speech. <laughs> they, must, they must bounce their basketballs really hard to create seismic activity. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear unless well he reckons there's a problem basketball. basically with um sorry johnny unless it's a tesla basketball <laughs> <laughs> well mike hearn reckons that there's a basically there's a problem with um, ai being used to mm. you know generate these things from keywords and the like and then these things are getting published they're not going properly through peer review and they're being discovered later on and there's you know because of all the funding structures there isn't much of a, an incentive really to find these things before they get through the door you know and so it's you're ending up with this shoddy research that's appearing um even in some quite prestigious journals so it is a real problem but uh, it was it was good to actually read some of those bizarre things and i love the idea of the arabian journal of geosciences i wonder if anybody actually reads it maybe they do well i've just read it haven't i hmm. <laughs> Maybe this is going to be a new model for me to get funding for research. Um, uh, I have, uh, Cruzy brought up uh, Joe Biden. Um, mm. Let me see if I can find this quote here. Um, Time is money. As one computer said, if you're on the train and they say portal bridge, you know you better make other plans. Um, <laughs> that's the real Joe Biden quote I saw on Sky News Australia. Yeah, I saw that one. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> remind me, Frank, who is Joe Biden? Just remind me a moment. Uh, he's um, he's friends with Boris Johnson, I think, and he is um, the current resident of the United States. Uh -huh. There was no right. party. Yes. The too many parties, I think, <laughs> I suspect. I heard from, what's Joe Biden's wife's name? I forgot. Jill. Oh, yeah, sorry. I heard from Jill that he's been getting really confused and thinking his name is Brandon. <laughs> that, I mean, um, it's believable actually yeah. that's not even funny it's so believable <laughs> Julian 
Yes. Julian, I've got a, a short one that I want to share. Um, knickers. Knickers. Knickers? No, not Knickers. An update on... no, no, I don't have a Knickers story this year. <laughs> oh, no. What's happened to oh, Knickers? We need an update on him, though, at some point. Mm. Maybe for the next show. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking of Frank when I read this one. I don't know why. It might be the science fiction connection or whatever, but going back to the beginning of where we started, I was so glad to get out of Queensland because I don't know if you know, but there are now bacon-flavoured people living in Queensland. What? what? <laughs> Let me read this story to you. Um, it comes out of Toowoomba, which is in southern Queensland, and they do have a meth problem there. It's uh, pretty well known. <laughs> Go on. This is the headline. Drugged up. Drugged up 28-year-old thought bacon-flavoured people were chasing him. <laughs> A drugged-up driver had run into the Toowoomba police station screaming that bacon-flavoured people were chasing him, the city's magistrate court has been told. Police prosecutor told the court in September 28 that the 28-year-old had arrived at the police station at about 2.20am in the morning yelling and screaming about bacon-flavoured people. Um, the magistrate described the case as unusual and fined him $1,200 and disqualified him from holding or obtaining a licence. I'll leave his name out, but let's just call him um, Trevor Dag. But anyway, bacon-flavoured people, guys. So I thought of you, Frank, because of the science fiction angle there. I don't, yeah, I think, you know, one part of that story you didn't say is that he didn't say anything about the clowns because they tasted funny. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then the policeman said to him, we'll call for backup on the ham radio. <laughs> and the guy got angry because I'm mocking him. <laughs> Was he sizzling with anger? <laughs> yes. He was reported to be salty about his experience with the police. So. But, you know, the good, thing is, the good thing is, you know, if he got COVID or something, he didn't lose his taste and smell or it came back because he could you know, tell they were bacon flavored. And I want to know, how did he know they were bacon flavored? Did they smell like bacon or did they taste like bacon? Yeah, that's right. I was wondering yes. the same thing. Is he yes. licking these people as they're driving right. along or what's going on? That's kind of what I was <laughs> Oh. Another irate email from Trevor Dagg. Sorry? I'll just tell you that Trevor Dagg is a real person, Julian. Oh, no, kidding. Yeah. He's, um, he's, so, so Fred Dagg, the New Zealand entertainer Fred Dagg, he has eight or nine sons, and they're all called Trev. <laughs> it's a true story. Research it for yourself. He has nine sons called Trevor Dagg. So I just thought if I throw that out there, it won't be so, you know, which one is it? So Because there's nine of them. That's why I've got nine emails, is it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, at this rate, I don't know what I'm going to be able to leave in. This is terrible. <laughs> John is cheating. He started drinking early. It's New Year's Eve, and the wine, you know, is getting to me. Yes. I do believe. I have, a, I have one more little news story here too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is a little more recent here in December, but apparently there was an Italian man, the dentist who tried using a fake arm to get a COVID jab in the fake arm so he could get a vaccine card, but not actually have to take the, uh, the shots. Yep. Uh, Russo, a 57-year-old dentist, attempted to fool a nurse who was administering the vaccine with the fake arm. And this is the nurse's quote. She says, the color of the skin was anomalous, much lighter than the hands or the you face think? of the patient. <laughs> Um, and so, but here's something that's kind of interesting. 
And I think this speaks to some of the attitudes around what's been going on. And I think it's kind of interesting. So, so at first she felt sorry for him. And then, so this is what she says. At the very beginning, I was surprised. Then I was angry. I felt professionally offended. He showed yeah. no, he showed no respect for our intelligence and our profession. <laughs> yes. I would never expect such a thing in my life. Do you know, I read, I read that as well. And as soon as I read that line, I thought, is this a real story? Because I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine anybody saying that, you know? Well, you know why somebody presents that, with right? a fake arm and you're a... F- so the, Sorry? So you know why he did? He used a fake arm, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh-uh. he heard it cost him an arm and a leg. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, go. Um, Franco Ferrero, president of the BLM Medical Association, says it's a lack, shows lack of respect for the medical profession. An action like this would be serious for anyone, but it is even more serious. And this is the part that I think is really key here in like attitudes around what's been going on with, with COVID and everything. He said, but it is, it is even more serious because it offends our profession and our order. It is a lack of respect towards those who in these two years of pandemic have worked with self-denial and a spirit of service, even at the detriment to his own health. So anyway, it's kind of a crazy article, but I think it speaks to some of the attitudes of people in general who feel like, oh, I'm doing this with such self-sacrifice. You know, why can't you also be self-sacrificial and just... You know, the, you know what I'm saying? We're, yeah, no, yeah. Experimental. They've capitalized on that one, haven't they? I think that's what yeah. they've done. They've said, oh, here's an opportunity to make people feel guilty uh, for yes. you know, resisting right. the, the vaccines. Um, to be quite honest, I mean, if somebody, if I was a nurse and somebody presented to me with a fake arm, I mean, I would think it was hilarious for a start. And I'd probably, yeah. you yeah. know, applaud the person for their ingenuity, yeah. um, to be quite honest. Like, it's, it's nonsense. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but they've obviously turned the story around to their advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I share a short story from South Africa um, yeah. <laughs> in a similar trend? But I'll this really happened. Go on, this really happened. Um, mm. A little while ago, I went to the petrol station or gas station, like you guys would call it. With a fake arm? Uh, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It's called a servo cruise. The guy was putting in petrol into his car. And um, he was having a smoke at the same time, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> and he, he wasn't really looking what he was doing, so he spilled petrol all over his arm, and his arm caught fire. <laughs> dear, and, oh, and, dear. Um, and the police rushed over, and they shot the guy. Um, what? But apparently it was <laughs> totally necessary. You no, know, it was totally necessary because he was waving a firearm in the air. <laughs> 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 nice one, nice one. You got me there totally. Oh dear! It's my only South African story I've got for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, well, as usual, I'm afraid we're going to have to bring the conversation this evening to a close because I can hear that clock. That clock, there it is, ticking closer and closer to the hour of 12 so let's get ready for our annual toast here at the mind renewed as the clock does indeed strike 12 now as long time listeners will know each year we see the old year out and the new year in with some expensive and rare alcoholic beverage and uh, sometimes it's a, a glass of champagne but this year as has become our custom over the last couple of years or so i'm delighted to say that we are again treated to a bottle of wonderful red wine now excuse my pronunciation here but Domain de la Yanas. it's a Côte de Rhone and it's generously sent in by Paul who's a long-time listener to TMR in France so thank you again Paul it's very very kind of you especially since the first bottle of wine got broken in the post and despite my protestations you very kindly 
present another bottle. So great. Thanks very much for doing that. So friends and fellow initiates here, um, if you would please raise your glasses, I shall pour this uh, very expensive wine and we shall do the annual toast. So uh, Jennifer. Hello, I'm drinking. Mm. <laughs> GK. Cheers. Johnny. <clears throat> Happy New Year, dear Julian. It's so nice to be here. Happy 2022. Cruzy. Happy New Year, everybody. This is going to be great. Mm. Frank. Oh, I took my ass off. Hold on. Sorry, I had to take five masks off. <laughs> <laughs> and Boris. And I apologize for the impression that it gives. To the New Year. Happy New Year. There was no party. Who invited Boris? I did. I don't like his hair. 